Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today on the show, we're reviewing films that Lloyd and I had never seen. Last week, Lloyd's film was Greece. He'd never seen it. Not since it came out in 1978 and <laughs> none of the years in between. Uh, for me, mine's more recent. Um, Alice in Wonderland from 2010, directed by Tim Burton. Uh, quick spoiler warning at the head of this. If you as well, like me, have not seen the film, you might not enjoy the podcast because we're going to talk about it with spoilers in mind we've seen the film we've both seen it now so um yeah uh first i thought i'd give away a letter in our anagram competition though before i forget we're having a competition where every podcast since episode 100 i've been dropping letters into the podcast you get the letters you solve the anagram it's an actor or actress's name and if you're the first one to message us on facebook unscrambling the letters you win a pod me if you can prize pack with dvds and buttons and magnets and so forth so it's worth a look a lot of dvds in there today's letter is h h for harry potter lloyd what blows my mind about alice in wonderland is that it made a billion (laughs) dollars it is currently the 17th highest grossing film of all time uh transformers age of extinction bumped in front of it recently but one one billion dollars is so much for a film like this it's incredible like uh films literally now can make a billion dollars that's the equivalent of drilling a hole in the ground and discovering oil you you know it's it's an absolute gold mine so movies is a great business to be in but i i think how the system works is you got to make a lot of movies invest in a lot of movies and hope one of them's a hit but if they all fail i think george lucas and steven spielberg were on a panel about this if three or four big massive blockbuster films fail in a row then it's lights out for that studio but yeah you're right dave films like alice in wonderland making a billion dollars that's insane well look uh disney produced this of course and when the opening title started i thought oh of course it's disney you know they had the animated alice in wonderland and I wonder if the billion dollars they made for this helped them buy the rights, the Star Wars rights from George Lucas. That and uh, re- getting... Oh, no, it wasn't Spider-Man. They didn't... That was Sony. <laughs> yeah. I think the timeline works, though, with Star Wars being purchased after 2010. Uh, yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Not 100%. To be honest, the reasons I've missed this, it's been on TV a lot. I imagined it was very predictable. I never bothered with it. I thought... Uh, the original story of Alice in Wonderland, it's kind of all of a dream. She, uh, in the kids' book, she wakes up under the tree, kind of having dozed off. And so I don't really love it's all a dream stories, especially knowing that at the beginning. So I guess I was pleasantly surprised when uh, I figured out very early on that this was a sequel. I was going into it very fresh, no research, anything like that. With young Alice describing Wonderland at the beginning to her father really only reinforced my fears of it being all a dream yeah and then she was uh, i guess you know it's odd for a person to be having the same bad dream for 13 years (laughs) (laughs) and wouldn't it have made more sense i suppose if the dream had come after her father's death um i was thinking like it could have been some kind of psychologically prompted thing that uh because of his death 
that triggered her and people thought she was crazy but it was actually what she was remembering but maybe it would have been more interesting if there was more of a psychological element to this because it feels like a mental breakdown to me yeah i, I have you read the book the one this is based on oh, or the original well just the original alice in wonderland yep i've read the original yeah i've, I've read it a couple of times um and looking through the hourglass or looking through the the glass <laughs> uh, through, through the looking glass through I the looking glass yeah I've, I've read them twice actually and I, I think it's actually a very bad book um what lewis carroll wrote that in like he was addicted to opium he had this infatuation with his niece and i think the story embodies his highs and his dark passion and what we're left with is this, you know, this crazy story full of imagination, but fundamentally it's a high. And I think he, it just coincided with the right time, with a great release, great marketing, and it just became one of the most beloved children's stories of all time. And I think because of the imagination within it, but I don't agree with a lot of people saying that it's a maths, It's a, because Lewis Carroll was a maths teacher, the whole story is a mathematical quiz that you got to work out, it's a puzzle. No, it's a simple it, it's pretty much chaos randomly all put together and then book ended by this oh it was all a dream you know that sort of thing at the end but i am obsessed with alice in wonderland i've tried so hard to adapt this for one of my own short films um I, i've been so infatuated with it I, I and i was so enthusiastic when it was announced tim burton and johnny depp were teaming up you on paper it's the best team you can ever hope for to adapt alice in wonderland but uh it, it, I, I didn't like this movie at all <laughs> i'm happy to report i hated it too um, <laughs> what's the deal with the whole arthur legend like story the whole structure of this film there was none of that in the book they had to make a big battle sequence i'm just like what what the, that poem that nonsensical poem the jabberwocky about the jabberwocky is now the Arthurian, you know the arthur like yeah, she has to find some sword take out the dragon there's a big battle i was like what is going on here <laughs> well i think he's taken some creative liberties tim burton reportedly said that he didn't like how alice in wonderland was just a series of things that happened one event to the next and he tried to create a story you know where the whole thing is you know one character arc although the character arc is her thinking it's a dream realizing yep. it's not a dream and then doing the thing that the scroll says anyway. So, like, predetermined destiny or something. But, um, look, I I look at this and I think, oh, it's another weird Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movie. We've reviewed Dark Shadows on this. Yeah, which you um, hated. <laughs> I didn't love it, did I? Just, um, maybe he's just not the filmmaker for me. Just, uh... I, I loved I loved Tim Burton. His earlier stuff was amazing. Like Ed Wood, Batman is still one of my favorite movies. Batman Returns, I think, is completely underrated. Uh, believe it or not, I haven't seen Beetlejuice. Maybe I should have picked that one instead of Grease. <laughs> mm. um, and then he made some garbage films, Planet of the Apes, uh, you know, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's just like, what? And Mars Attacks, I think, is one of the worst films. But there are gems there. For every Mars Attacks, you got a Sleepy Hollow. For every planet of the apes you got a big fish so he's really hit and miss i think he's all dependent on his script right i think there's nothing wrong with his direction but if he has a bad script he's in trouble from the get-go i like mia vasikowska i like johnny depp I she's from canberra as well big shout out Woo! <laughs> <laughs> franchise wise uh, tim burton 
Oh, yeah, she'll love this uh, podcast, Lloyd. <laughs> Good one to do a shout-out on, hey? <laughs> um, no, she was pretty solid. I mean, she didn't have that much to do, really. It wasn't a big stretch. Everyone was a uh, pale, um, you know, old-timey kind of... Uh, the look of everybody seemed the same. And then uh, everyone at the tea party's Scottish and weird and <laughs> red-haired. Uh, I don't know what exactly he's I, to I say, think that was an effect of the mercury that was involved in the production of the hats. I think that's what the image was trying to say. Because as a hat maker, there's a lot of mercury involved within the um, ingredients of the products to make the hats. And oh, I that's think interesting. That's, yeah, and I think that's affected the Mad Hatter, causing him to go insane. And that's why he's become red. Because of all that intake, yeah, that's a layer. Okay. I, I read that ages ago somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> right." Um, not much of a kids' movie, <laughs> um, but all the best people are mad. I'd heard that line before, and also that my father said sometimes he believed six impossible things before breakfast. You know, both kind of iconic lines. Yeah, but as I said, it's kind of like a mental breakdown because if she doesn't marry Hamish. She'll soon be 20, and uh, she's being forced at the garden party into marrying him before, uh, to not end up like Aunt Imogene, you know, who is crazy. Uh, she spots the rabbit and stuff. But I hoped kind of that Aunt Imogene had been to Wonderland. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that maybe she fell in love in Wonderland, and maybe somebody in Wonderland could have said, have you seen my Imogene or something? And, you know, he was a prince that she described that couldn't marry her or something. Yeah. That she had had some wonderful love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would have really tied her story together and made her less just hopeless and sad. <laughs> when she says, I need a moment, when he proposes to her, I thought it was funny that someone was painting a picture of the moment as if, you know, <laughs> it was so important in time. But um, 12 minutes into the film, she falls down the rabbit hole and uh, probably bumps her head and probably dreams this whole thing, in my opinion. But... That might have been a better movie than what we got. <laughs> uh, you obviously didn't see this in 3D. No, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this grossed so much because this is one of the um, first rollouts of 3D when Avatar came out and everyone was going for 3D. The ticket prices are actually much more, a little bit more expensive than standard ticket prices. So that um, obviously is one of the main reasons why um, it, it just grossed so much more than a lot of other films, you know. Um, but I didn't plus see it in 3D. Plus it's following Avatar, which, you know, apparently revolutionised it all and is the highest grossing film of all time. So maybe all the people who watched Avatar watched Wonderland. Yeah. Shortly after. Because I think the timeline works as well. Avatar was 2009, wasn't it? And then yep. Alice in Wonderland 2010. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I heard rumours that... I. I wish i read into this more but that it wasn't made for three 3d they just went hey could you uh, rotoscope this r remake it um so it's 3d so i heard that too yeah so it wasn't shot for 3d and then they just rejigged it and it worked out well in their favor i mean they grossed a billion dollars and i mean i looked at it and thought what would be in 3d here and besides the effects of uh, like the rabbit, whatever standing out, you know, some of the CGI elements, the dragon the at the end, cat, <laughs> yeah, and um, throwing things. There's a lot of throwing things. Did you do you remember the trailer for this? Did you happen to see it in 3D? No. Oh, it was amazing. It was the cat basically appearing, and he appears right in front of you and moves around you, and then goes back into the um, screen. So obviously, the trailer was definitely made for 3D, and it was awesome. Like if I was a kid and I saw that, I'd be like, "Mum, Dad, 
definitely get get me to go watch this movie. But I mean, it's still that sort of implies that it's like the first film too. <laughs> yeah, and it's not called Alice's Return to Wonderland or anything. It's Alice in Wonderland. Mm. I I don't know. <laughs> Did you see the I, Disney film of this? Yeah, yeah, but I felt kind of conned watching this live action one because obviously it's such a strange, not what you expect, (laughs) gibberish. I know a lot of people that like this movie, which I I just can't believe. I'm just like, oh, have you read the books? And they're like, oh, no, but I just really like this movie. There's a lot of creativity to it. There's a lot of imagination. One of my favorites, uh, Crispin Glover, plays like the villain. And I I agree. There's some great visuals in this. Like what you said at the opening, you know, the Victorian age era where everyone's really pale. And this is a common theme in Tim Burton films where you have reality. Actuality is so lifeless and dead. And when the imagination world begins, whether it's the rabbit hole going into the the other world or Beetlejuice or whatever, it's so much, and especially Corpse Bride, um, where they go into the world of the dead, there is so much more life there. Like, everyone's more alive in Alice in Underworld. Is it Underwood or Underland? It's Underland, isn't it? Underland, oh, yeah. What, where did that come from? <laughs> Everything's kind of a nod to everything, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Frabjous day. Everything felt like Harry Potter or Narnia as well. It was, like, influenced by that kind of stuff. That scroll, the compendium, just basically points out what the ending of the film will be. As yeah. she slays a Jabberwocky. And I thought the banter snatch that... The eye comes out of it and she rides on it later. Kind of like the never-ending story, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but as well, it didn't seem like it would be able to move very well. It had <laughs> tiny back legs, really big forearms. It was like throwing itself forward. It's a it poor like, design, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just physically, it wasn't running right. I don't know. Anyway, uh, ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> for me, the the fantasy elements of it you know are the only thing sort of children can enjoy about this film and all the harry potter inspired type names i mean when you have things like bantersnatch and vorpal played and that's a a really good point because harry potter is a big influence in this movie definitely yeah and i also saw all the toy opportunities (laughs) you know watching it through a very jaded adult prism and just seeing all the possible toys you can buy just ruined it for me but i mean johnny depp doesn't even appear till 30 minutes into this film yeah it's the mad hatter so well the mad hatter is just a one-off like scene and then we see him randomly in the queen's court towards the end of the book you know i, d- I don't think he's a major thread in the narrative and they've completely turned the mad hatter into a mainstay character in this movie uh which i guess is interesting but they i guess they just had to milk it once you have johnny depp mad hatter you just gotta all right that's now the star of the movie and in fact he's in the movie poster well yeah exactly tim burton focuses on the fact that johnny depp is in it and uh obviously johnny depp can't play alice can he and uh, <laughs> helena botham carter's too old to play alice so <laughs> you've got to make the queen of hearts a bigger character and uh yeah, yeah that's right was, yeah she had some redeeming scenes i thought helena botham carter yep um and the big head she had, she almost was sympathetic, you know, kind of going about things the wrong way and, uh, you know, had a little bit of an emotional arc with her sister, Anne Hathaway, and um, and everything. But ultimately, just screamy. Just, just <laughs> screamy very and annoying. And there's a lot of beheading um, yep. in this as well, which uh, you brought up when we did the Sin City 2 podcast. Uh, yeah, which, there's yeah. a motive heads. <laughs> 
And uh, I wondered if that was because she has such a big head, she's removing everyone else's heads, if there was some kind of head fetish or head fascination. But uh, my favourite line of the film, Lloyd, which is utter gibberish, you used to do the best fudder whacking in all of Wits End. (laughs) Is that in reference to the dance? Oh, the terrible Johnny Depp Oh, man, when that scene came on, I'm like, wow, you've just killed Alice in Wonderland forever. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) It's like, what's happening? Is there something wrong with the the DVD? (laughs) Yeah, his head was spinning around. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It should have broke out into a 90s rap song. You know, uh, most 90s action movies always ends with a rap song. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Crispin Glover. It took me a few minutes to notice it was Crispin Glover mm-hmm. uh, with the heart-shaped eye patch as the knave. He was interesting as well. I, I think he probably loves being cast in anything that reminds people he's not the dad from Back to the Future, you know? Because <laughs> he's got to do these other roles, kind of separate himself, show he can act, and he's always yeah. trying to give it his all, you know, horror yep. films and whatnot. Um. Yeah, but I didn't notice it was him right away. It just sort of threw me, maybe. <laughs> she thinks it's a dream, right, Alice? Yep. So, when she's on the hat, and she gets thrown by the hatter on the hat, she gets bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller in this film. Anyway, when she's small, <laughs> and she's thrown as the Mad Hatter is captured, I thought it was going to be a little more like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. You know, she's really small. She's stuck in the grass. She meets some bugs. She has a little adventure. There was an opportunity there for a sequence. And all that happens is she has a sleep. <laughs> and I thought, why would you go to sleep if you think it's a dream? Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's such an odd decision. Then the dog runs over and just runs out of the castle. And just, you know, we miss all that in between that could have been something. <laughs> just felt like that was missing what were the highlights for this movie for you uh like uh i felt like mia vasikowska was you know glowing on screen that was awesome yeah like it's the film that's launched her into all other hollywood films you know this is the one that she was plucked from obscurity a lot of people wanted to play alice i felt like uh helena botham carter as i said had a lot of redeeming kind of scenes and qualities and uh, besides all the screaming and looking like a bobblehead, she um, she embodied a character in the Queen of Hearts, and I thought she did that pretty well. I thought Johnny Depp was just insane, and they just kind of heightened the gibberish and just focused on the mad rather than the hatter. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't think it added anything in particular. He could have spoken in riddles that actually helped the plot, not this uh, why is a raven like a writing desk? Yeah, that's a famous um, nonsensical um, riddle from the book. But I think Lewis Carroll actually answered that, and I forget what it was. I actually don't want it to be answered. <laughs> uh, directly from Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Carroll admitted that there was never an answer to the question. Oh, he okay. made it up without an answer. Okay, so did, there was no answer. <laughs> he did provide one possible answer years later, after many requests from his fans for the answer, because it can produce a few notes... Though they are very flat, and it is never put with the wrong end in front. Never being raven spelt backwards. So that's something. Yeah. (laughs) But again, it's a bit of nonsense. And and if he'd spoken in riddles and rhymes that 
um, perhaps had advanced the plot in some way, I think I would have enjoyed his character more if he was like a cryptic guide. But instead we're given the caterpillar who just says, oh, you're more and more like Alice. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You know, that the caterpillar that's turning into a butterfly running at the same time as Alice is becoming herself and a champion. You know, it's it's nothing. I didn't enjoy it. I, I like the visual style of this movie. I think um, in all of Tim Burton's movies, there's one thing you can't take away, no matter how bad they are. They've always got that distinctive visual style. I personally don't like this. You know, t- the Tim Burton era has to be d- at least divided in two. Um, pre-CGI and post-CGI. There are arguably CGI effects in Batman and in Beetlejuice, etc., or even Ed Wood, but I, I see see them more as practical and old-school effects rather than the modern-day CGI. And uh, I, despite all that, I still think there is a distinctive Tim Burton style, like you know from watching one frame of Alice in Wonderland that you're like, okay, this is like a Tim Burton world. So that that's one of the biggest things I, I liked about Alice in Wonderland. That's one of the reasons why I rented it on DVD and I watched it. What did you think of the sequence where it shows everybody's fake prosthetic noses and chins <laughs> and things? Yeah. Be- because presumably she has a big head and therefore wants to be surrounded by other freakish people exactly yeah that was that was cool there was some cool interesting uh psychological layers to that um upper class kingdom that they're really sick you know the high class the high people of society in this elitism world they're actually sick both mentally and physically they're they're the grotesque and everything but yeah it's pretty frightening for kids and confusing like if i was a child watching that i'd be like what's happening All right, I'm going to uh, get into my segment called The Punch-Up. Now, The Punch-Up is where you try and improve an element of the film, try and add something to the story and and make a better movie from it. Now, I've already mentioned that uh, Aunt Imogene probably should have had a love interest in Wonderland, which kind of links the real world to uh, Wonderland. But I also think it would have been good to link Umbridge to Underland. When she grows big and pretends to be Um from Umbridge, 50 minutes into the film, the Queen accepts that and, you know, invites her in and is a new friend of the the kingdom, basically. I wanted to see someone from Umbridge who's visiting, who's also very tall, or uh, some kind of link where they talk about what Umbridge manufactures or something like that. Something to say Umbridge is a real place, not that she's just from Umbridge. I wanted to see a link between the two kingdoms. And I think this film lacked links. It lacked connection. Everything was very still standalone, despite the fact Tim Burton was trying to tell a story through this. And uh, yeah, I wanted to see what Umbridge was like. Maybe she could have had to pretend some facts, pretend they manufactured jam, pretend they had a trade with uh, Underland. If you're going to create a universe... Underland, Umbridge, the real world, these places, they need to be more fleshed out. And it was just a throwaway line. Everybody accepted Umbridge was a place. And I thought, what baloney. (laughs) If you don't believe me, uh, don't enjoy this. Want to take a punch back? uh, Let's go to facebook.com slash podme if you can. And uh, we'll take a swing. Lloyd? I think... um uh, With Alice in Wonderland, I I think it should have just been a much more hardcore adaptation. 
um, of the novel and just really with that Tim Burton visual style, let's just go with the random list, let's just go with the nonsense and forget about that Arthur-like story structure where she has to get the sword and there's a big battle at the end. But at the same time, despite all our criticisms, it doesn't matter because this film has grossed a billion dollars. It is hugely, enormously successful and um i don't know it feels like they've won <laughs> you know but i don't I think know, that's yeah. what's that's so frustrating about it <laughs> it Is won't go down as a great children's classics like wizard of oz or a toy story or anything like that or sandlot <laughs> i had to w- w- put that in there <laughs> but um it it did get what it needed a billion dollars and i'm sure it's selling ridiculous on blu-ray and dvd but uh, all i can say is over time you will be buried (laughs) i feel like it will i feel like uh, the only thing that keeps it in our face is disney and that's probably partly because they get it on tv so frequently you know there's a built-in audience for it and it'll play friday or saturday nights on tv but it's kind of gross too this film (laughs) it's um she gets her wound licked by the banter snatch you know there's a uh, multiple shots to the eye with the the dodo bird or whatever and the um banter snatch loses an eye and uh when she sees the white queen she makes like a gross potion that she spits in and mia vasikowska's alice drinks it without question yeah like straight away it's like what <laughs> As well, she doesn't question that she's fallen down a hole at the beginning and there's a whole bunch of doors. She just goes with it. She just goes, oh, a potion that says drink me? Smells gross. Okay, I'll drink it. You know, it's something ridiculous about it. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. The you suit didn't of find armor, the fight scene the dumbest thing? Yeah, the suit of armor I found stupid and very much like Narnia. But I thought in a movie where the favorite thing to do is cut off people's heads that she's not wearing a helmet. <laughs> You know, like uh, she she is what, a very beautiful lady. I guess uh, the producers that's like why nope. she's not wearing yeah, a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because like, what, what are you doing, Tim? You- Put that helmet down. You're not putting a helmet on her. No, no. <laughs> but the choreography of the fight was clearly just to get to the top of that staircase to yeah. nowhere, mm-hmm. so that she could slay the Jabberwocky. But like, she runs up that staircase with no purpose. Like, you know, it's going nowhere. She can see that. I don't know. Anyway, Crispin Glover gets chained to the Queen of Hearts and uh, takes out his dagger and it's as if he's trying to kill her because that's what Helena Botham Carter says. He tried to kill me. You know, they're going to be trapped together and chained together in the outlands of Underland. Yep. I think maybe it would have been a little bit darker if he wanted to kill himself. Yeah. Like, because he then yells, kill me, kill me, you know, sort of thing right afterwards. Wouldn't it have been better if he wanted to kill himself rather than be trapped with her? Yeah, that would have been a much darker take. Well, that's Tim Burton. I don't know. I think he could have gotten away with it. Maybe that would have been the the thing that stopped it getting a billion dollars. Who knows? Is there a director's cut of this? There isn't, is there? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, uh, There'd probably be more fudder whacking. <laughs> and more scenes where everyone's just smoking crack and <laughs> dropping acid and just yeah i don't know as well alice the other gross thing she does is drink the blood of the jabberwocky to take her home Mm -hmm. so that's something you just do isn't it it was like uh purple or something if i remember anyway and so uh she comes back to the real world uh declines marriage says something about 
everyone at the garden and then uh, goes on a ship to China and Absalom the caterpillar is now a butterfly so the two worlds she, have sort of crossed there sort of she's escaped her world the same way Absalom appears to have escaped underland and uh, look I feel like it's maybe the train wreck of it that people want to see what the heck it is and therefore that's the curiosity has maybe made it a billion dollars <laughs> I really do believe it's hit a chord with a generation and they absolutely love it because I have spoken to young guys in their early 20s, late teens and they love this movie and I'm just so disappointed. I'm just like, wow, this is a good kids film to you? Like, I don't know, maybe um, if you look back on the movies that I loved when I was a kid, yeah, I'm sure they're just garbage in there as well but I don't know, I'm, I'm looking at this, I saw it in my mid to late 20s um, and I, I hated it then so I don't know, it just it isn't a good film. <laughs> well, I do understand that it is not a good film but I can completely see why they're making the sequel, Lloyd. They are. Alice, Alice in Wonderland Through the Looking Glass 2016. What? Yep, everybody's back. Sa- Everyone's back? Mia Vaskowska, Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Helena Botham Carter. Okay. How do you feel? <laughs> um, I, I guess the, they're just going to uh, focus a lot more on the on the battle sort of style story, I guess. Which is well, I mean, she's just gone off to China. <laughs> so, explain that. Uh- <laughs> she just falls down a hole in China and goes to... Underland again? Alice, we need your help. The Jabberwocky is back and the Queen, you know, and it'll all be that. Well, it can't be the Jabberwocky's back because it's decapitated. I don't know, some Jabberwocky's son, some monster. <laughs> the Jabberwocky eggs have hatched. There's multiple Jabberwockies because sequels you need bigger and stronger, so multiple yeah, Jab- right. Jabberwockies. Still well, voiced by Christopher Lee. Uh, to be honest, I'm surprised this wasn't done much earlier considering how much money uh, insane amount of money Alice in Wonderland made but yeah do do you think through the looking glass will be as uh, as successful gosh i'm afraid it will be yeah. like you know um there's that worry that this could also make a billion dollars and disney will grow more and more and more powerful but uh, yeah. disney doesn't have to worry because star wars is going to make them a billion dollars <laughs> let's be honest i'm I'm guessing we're going to be reviewing Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass in 2016 for this podcast, but uh, happy to report neither of us enjoyed the 2010 <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Guys, next time on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about Terry Gilliam's The Zero Theorem, which is a particularly interesting film. And uh, you can find our video reviews from us at our YouTube channel. You can find us on Twitter. You can find all of our previous reviews. All the links are at www.podmeifyoucan.com. Lloyd, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm happy to talk about Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) And uh, any requests you guys have for future films, please let us know on Facebook, facebook.com slash podmeifyoucan. Hit it. For listening, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews. <laughs>